Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Two Footer Tackle Podcast. I'm your host, Iris Amatakos. We're back again for another week, episode 23 of season two. We're well into the new year. We're well into um, a period of time where the football is... There's some consequences now and there's some um, stakes to, to every match, which is good, actually. Gives a gives a little bit more emphasis for people to watch and for people to actually care, um, especially considering the tide races in a couple of leagues. But yes, we're back again. Hope everyone is well. Hope everyone has... Yeah, everyone's well. Hope everyone has been um, had a nice week since we last spoke. Um, yeah, it's, it was a interesting game, round of round of football, weekend of football, that um, was over-marred, in a sense, if that's even a word, or overshadowed by some other off-field... Maybe, like, two off-field topics and then one topic that um, does have consequences on, or does impact games, and we'll speak on... We'll speak on all of those um, in a bit. I can guarantee that. But yeah, so hope everyone's well. Hope, um, yeah, once again, hope your team's won over the weekend. Um, yeah, it was a it was an interesting interesting weekend of football, just all around. Some upset results, some big results, some poor some poor performances, some good performances from players, teams. So um, yeah, unfortunately, as much as I would actually like to speak about the actual football, there has been some massive news and not news, but oh uh, yeah, news um, that has kind of overshadowed the footballing world over the last week, and it came to light after I recorded last week's pod, which now means what I'm about to speak about is actually really outdated, but I can't just ignore it, so I'm gonna have to speak about it. Um, but yeah, before I do all that. I implore you all to subscribe to the Two Footer Tackle Podcast YouTube channel, like the podcast, um, yeah, like every episode, clips, shorts, um, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Two Footer Tackle Podcast, um, and then of course all the audio platforms as well. Give a five-star rating, would mean the world. Share it around, um, would mean the world as well. Yeah, any, any any love and support would mean more than the world on on this, um, on this, yeah, on this. So um, yeah, any love, support, and um exposure would mean the world so yeah the, the four things three things three main things we're going to be speaking about as you can tell one of them one of them is in the title and i don't know which one it is yet um so the three things we're going to speak about are of course manchester city that whole debacle um we're going to speak about them we're going to speak about the the super league being proposed which i predicted um and we're going to speak about VAR and of course some league chat as well and we'll preview as well I don't know which one's in the title. I, I, not at this stage. I don't know which one I'm going to put as a title. Um, it will probably be the Super League. Maybe. Um, yeah, it will probably be the Super League. Uh, I, I've, I've said it now, so that's probably going to be the title. So if, so we'll start with that if that's the title. But um, yeah, that's what they were going to speak about. Of course, some A-League chat as well. Um, and then, yeah, we'll preview the week as we always do. Some big Champions League games coming um, coming up this week as well and some big games, of course, the Merseyside Derby. Merseyside Derby would have happened as as everyone is listening to this or watching this. Hasn't happened um, at the time of recording, so um, that's a big game for both sides, definitely. Um, who knows if Sean Dyche can get the job done. And, of course, yeah, some Champions League games. Arsenal City as well later on in the week, which is going to be a massive game. And Chelsea are playing at the same time. So I, I, can, I can watch both without ruining my sleep schedule for for not no reason, but for I don't have to wake up at 6.30 in the morning to not watch to watch a game that isn't Chelsea. So, um, yeah, I can, we can, I can enjoy both of those, which is good. All right, let's crack on because I like to ramble at the start of these episodes. Um... Yeah, so we're gonna be yeah. So the three things we're gonna be speaking about. I don't know how long this podcast is gonna go for. Maybe it'll be under an hour. Maybe it'll be over. Who knows? Um, so yeah, let's speak on. Let's let's start with the Super League. Let's start with the Super League. I think I think that's a good place to start. We're gonna start on the Super League. So that's probably gonna be what's in the title. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll put the Super League in the title. All right, let's let's speak on the Super League now. Before I start this, I just want to say that I'm a genius. Um, and if you don't know what I'm speaking about, go on over to, to my Twitter at R underscore Y underscore Stammer and you will A R I underscore Y underscore S T A M A. Um Yeah, you will see why I'm a genius there. Basically, to cast your minds back to the first podcast of the year. Um the first podcast back from the World Cup um or post world cup hiatus which i desperately needed um i did of course the 2023 world football predictions and i think it was actually the first prediction um if i'm not mistaken i think it may have been the actual first prediction um 
Yeah, it was. The first prediction I, I said was a European Super League will be reproposed by... I said by Florentino Perez. I'm not quite sure how involved he actually is in this. I assume it's quite heavily. Um, but there you go. And then not even, what, just over a month later, um, we're here talking about it, which is which is just insane, isn't it? Um, yeah. So basically midweek, I think it was like it was midway through last week. Um, midway through last week. A European Super League, a a different type of European Super League was um was proposed by fuck knows who it was by I don't I, I didn't really want to read too much into it because it just get me depressed um but it's it's revamped apparently there's something like eighty t sixty to eighty teams um it will replace the Champions League so I think the Premier the clubs will remain in the Premier League or in their respective domestic competitions and compete in this. In replace in the replacement of the Champions League, I think um, there'll be like sixty to eighty teams. You promotion promotion or no, just relegation. I think I don't know how I don't know if they're going to do a second division or I don't know how the division system is going to work. But um, yeah, there's basically it's a completely revamped Super League and it's and it's, it'll be done in a different it'll be done in a different way to how it was initially set up and. Um, It'll be done in a in a in a different way into how it was initially set up. So yeah, it'll be between sixty and eighty teams to replace the Champions League. Now, where now let's where do we um where do we start with here? So this obviously the key differences the key differences between this and the previous Super League. Um, th- there's a couple of key differences, a couple of key differences that to me change the change my opinion at least of what this is. Um, the first thing is of course there's like relegation. I think that's one of the big things that not a lot of people, or that a lot of people had um, took a lot of people were angry about when the first Super League was announced is that there was no relegation, so there was no stakes really to any games. Um, you could be you could be so shit, and it's basically like the A League, right? So, you had you had that that problem. You also had the problem of it the, taking the clubs away from the Premier League. Um, so of course, yeah, like it was the big six, the the big six or the greedy six or whatever um, were going to be removed from the Premier League, um, which creates a whole which creates a whole lot of problems in terms of finances and TV revenue and broadcast rights and sponsorship rights and all this stuff, right? And um, the fact that it was a like like I think like the fact that you are taking away one of the few or not one of the few constants because there's a lot of constants constants in um in football but one of the one of the most cherished things about football that is um that is very different to a lot of other sports is that there's like a promotion relegation right and the fact that you're taking that away. And you're taking away potential stories of clubs upsetting. You're taking away that David versus Goliath story is obviously something that um, a lot of clubs upset a lot of people, and rightly so, I think. However, this this um this Super League is is different. Like I said, different for a couple of reasons. Firstly, um, it's it will be replacing the Champions League, and that's obviously something that I wanted to. That's obviously something I'll speak about a little bit later. The new the newly revamped Champions League, um. Obviously, yeah, speaking about uh, it will be replacing the Champions League, will not be replacing like the Premier League, or will not be replacing, um, yeah, will not be replacing the Premier League, or will not be replacing like um, any clubs' domestic competitions, which of course is a big, is a big kind of difference and a big difference and a good difference, I think. Um, like I said, 80 to 60 teams, so it's not just 12 teams or 13, 14 teams or whatever it was, so there's more teams included, um, which gives obviously. The more teams included, the better. In terms of if you get, if you are going to make a super league, you want as many teams in it as possible. Um, and and then of course, the fact that there is re- relegation. Okay, where do we start with this? So, where and then yeah, of course, like I said, replacing the Champions League, which is probably the main thing. Where do we start with this? How do we start? What talking points do we go with here? So, a lot of people. I kind of went really flippant about it, like, oh my god, Super League's back, oh my god, we need a riot, we need to be outside grounds, we need a protest, this is horrible for football. And there is a couple of a couple of reasons why I would disagree, but also agree. 
this is obviously not as bad as a proposal as what the first one was. I think the first one, the first proposal was the worst thing ever, right? It was shit. Like, from, like, like, totally horrible, right? And there was next to no bright side to it. Next to no bright side. In terms of the the bigger picture, the smaller like the, if you want to look at it from a smaller lens, yeah, Chelsea don't have to go on versus Burnley away or Brentford away or or play at home to to fucking Watford, right? They get to play at the San Siro, they get to play at the Camp Nou, the Bernabeu, at the Allianz every single week, right? Which is which is if you're looking at it from a small lens perspective, it's it's a good thing, but overall it was shit. That no one's disputing that. No one, I don't think, will ever dispute that. And the fact that it took away clubs from the Premier League, of course, was a massive doubt, was a massive, well, domestic competitions, was a massive red flag in a sense. However, with this Super League, you need to look at it, I think you need to look at it from a couple of perspectives. Let's look at it from, let's start with looking at it from the owner's perspective, from the from the chairmen's and the CEOs and the presidents of football clubs. Let's look at it from their perspective. When a person buys a football club, a buys a football club, especially the size of, I mean, Chelsea, like most recent example, right? Or obviously Liverpool are going to be, Liverpool are potentially going to be bought out, Manchester United as well. When these people, when these businessmen, these owners of oligarchs, these head of, head of states, these states itself, when they own football clubs, their main goal, for the most part, is getting as much money out of that football club as possible, becoming rich. Their their main concern isn't, how do I get this team to win a lot of trophies? How do I get this team to run sustainably? How do I get this club to run ethically? That's not how it works. That's not how businessmen in the world of football operate. And you you can you can look at it from the fact of okay why did why did someone like a Todd Bowley buy Chelsea? Do you think it's because he he cares about he cares about the club? He's a like he he's a man that wants the best for Chelsea. I mean, if you want the best for Chelsea, like there's he obviously hasn't shown that in a sense because of the his business practices so far have been purely about trying to get there's mo- the most money out of the club as possible. That's obviously the same for a lot of different owners. Right? I'm just using Chelsea as a case study because. Very recent um, owners that I took over, and of course I'm a Chelsea supporter, right? But people who own football clubs these days want to get as much money out of it as possible. When when a person like Todd Bowley or Sheikh Mansour or Joe Glazer, I think that's his name anyway, look at the fixture list, their eyes aren't drawn to Manchester United away at Watford or away at Brentford on a Monday night. That that that's not what they're gonna be looking at. That's not what they're looking at. They're looking at Manchester United in a pre-season game against Barcelona in California. That's what they're looking at, right? So when you're looking at it from a business perspective, obviously owners of clubs would want a Super League because they get they get Manchester United versus Barcelona, then the next week it's Manchester United versus Inter Milan, then the next week it's Manchester United versus Real Madrid, then it's Manchester United versus Chelsea, then it's Manchester United versus Borussia Dortmund, then it's Manchester United versus um, PSG. Like, of course that's what they're going to want. Of course that's what they're going to want. So you can't blame, or you can blame the owners, but you need to understand at least the, um, you need to understand at least the motives of the owners. You, the motives of the owners, obviously, is to make as much money as possible. A Super League is the, like, the quintessential way of making as much money as humanly possible out of a football club. So, when you're looking at it from a business perspective, you can't really blame the owners, right? You can't really blame the owners. However, where I would, where I would counter that point to an extent is football, and I spoke about this, it wasn't last week, the week before, about the way the football clubs are run in comparison to other businesses. And I spoke about this when I was comparing Zaniolo and or I was looking at the Zaniolo case about him about Bournemouth competing financially with Tassi Milan, right? And of course I'm pretty sure I might I might go over old ground when I speak on Manchester City a little bit later, right? But when you look at business football clubs, when you look at it from a business perspective, aren't normal businesses. And I use this I use this analogy a couple of episodes ago and I use it again. If my camera 
that I'm using right now, it's a Canon camera. If it auto, if it just tomorrow just combusts and it breaks, and then Canon go out of business, I'm just gonna go and buy like a Sony camera or whatever. I'm not gonna not buy another camera because I'm so loyal to Canon. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if Chelsea tomorrow just went extinct, there's no chance I'm supporting another, another Premier League club or another football club in England, especially because Chelsea are my team. I don't care if they're not there anymore. I can't support another team. Right? It's the same, I mean, Melbourne Victory. Melbourne Victory can bust tomorrow. I'm not going to support another A-League team. Right? I might still support the league and I might still support the, the, the football and go to games and go to good games, like good um, neutral games and support the league and watch the league and talk about it. But I won't support another team again. Do you know what I mean? So when you, of course, the fo- football club's key stakeholders are its fans. Right? And you can't piss off the fans. That is the one thing you can't do. Piss off the fans. Because in the long term, you'll never win. You will never win against the fans. You'll never win. Especially when it's in such a such a magnified situation like a Super League is, right? You can never win against the fans. So when you're a business owner, when you're a football club owner, you can't treat it like a normal business because you can't make business decisions without without having the consequences of the, of the key stakeholder, which is the fans. A Super League is obviously soundly rejected by 99%, is not is in 99% of, of football fans across most clubs, right? And the reason that is, is because the way, because football supporters aren't customers to a business. They are football fans. They're not customers. They are they are people, right? They are the most human-like customers potentially out there. And I say this, and I say this because I will use this analogy once again. If if I have a problem with Canon, like they're going to care about me in particular, I could stand outside their offices and riot. But who really cares? Because if I just stop, if I stop buying the camera then the another person will buy it it doesn't matter whereas if every single and because i'm not that partisan about it football fans are so partisan that they will go in droves against decisions made by the board and of course this is very prevalent far more prevalent in um far more prevalent in english football and obviously in a lot of other leagues that have a i wouldn't say totalitarian because that's obviously very unfair but a very board control over a football club whereas you look at Germany of course 50 plus run rule 50 plus one rule don't doesn't allow doesn't allow this right of course most clubs are beloved potentially aside uh fan owned the majority um uh, some are fully owned I think I think Freiburg potentially of a hundred percent owned by the by the fans um or to a to a similar extent right so they are a, they have a culture where they understand how much the fans mean to the club and that means the club can't go against the fans a super league goes against the fans for the most part it doesn't it, it goes completely for the potential business ideologies and the business mind of the owners but it goes against the fans it goes against the key stakeholders so when you look at the super league you look at it from a perspective of it could make the club so much money and make me so much money, but it could also piss off the fan base. And it depends on what you value, right? It depends on what you value as an owner. Depends on the money or the the loyalty. Because football fans won't walk away. They'll, they won't walk away. They'll be there every week, regardless. Um, so, at the end of the day, maybe the owners do win, right? But... It is it is like a cash twenty two situation for a lot of for a lot of owners. I'm not saying I'm, I say cash twenty two situation for me. The of the it's plain and simple. You, the fans over everything, right? The key stakeholders over everything. Okay, but but regardless, but regardless, we're in this situation, right? 
So let's look at so now that's kind of from a business perspective. Let's look at it from a actual football perspective because let's not forget UEFA aren't. So obviously this is going against UEFA. This isn't going against Premier League or League One or La Liga. This is going against UEFA. This is competing with the Champions League. UEFA aren't the knight in shining armor here. UEFA aren't. I think I think a mistake that a lot of football fans had with the last um, with the last um, with the last Super League is that they backed UEFA. When the UEFA aren't UEFA aren't like aren't uh, aren't like a superhero here, right? They're they're not the person to be looked after in this situation. They're just, in my opinion, the better of two evils. Or I say better of two evils, but it's not like there's a lot. It's like it, it it's it's Sophie's choice, but in a bad way. Um. Anyway, like look at like look at how UEFA have snuck in in the back door of the new Champions League system, right? Which comes into effect, I think, not next year, the year after, or potentially even next year. I, I, I think it's okay. Like, I've, I've experimented with it in Football Manager, so, like, I know how it works. It's an okay system. Like, it's fine. I, I do prefer a group stage rather than a league table. But once you get to the knockout stages, it's the exact same. But the fact that they snuck that through the back door without anyone knowing, and in the midst of the whole initial Super League situation, that should tell you what, what you need to know about UEFA as an organization, right? And who runs it and the way that they have been, their shoddy, I wouldn't say shoddy business practices, but the way that they have very similar motives to those who run the Super League. So when you look at, when you look at the pros of the Super League and you look at the negative, so, so the pros of the Super League is that one of the key pros for me is that it gets away from UEFA. Because I don't like the way UEFA run. The, the, the Champions League, I don't like the way UEFA run in generally, right? So it gets clubs away from the from UEFA. It allows clubs to be self-governed to a certain extent, which can be a good thing, can be a bad thing, depending on. And it, and there is a arguably better kind of, arguably a better format, arguably, right? We don't know how the format's actually going to, like transpire because we just know about how many teams are going to be there right well at least that's all i know i could be horribly misinformed and horribly not done my research but there you go right so what so it depends on on what you on how you look at it you know in a sense it depends on how you look at it because with the champions league with the champions league and with uefa it's been this kind of unchallenged unchallenged kind of thing that's just been a constant in a lot of football fans' minds. And then when this Super League comes along, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the old Super League, right? The, the old Super League was shit from day one. So we're going to ignore that. We're going to be looking at this new Super League. We're talking about this new Super League, which is just competing with the Champions League. It's like, all right, like, what are we, what could we be doing here? Like, is there, is the, is there something in this? Like, is there something in this? Because as a football fan, as a football fan, I don't like change, right? I don't like change. I'm, I, 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 I like the way the Champions League was. Um, I don't really want it to change. It's changing now, so I've accepted it. But I don't really like change. Hence why the Super League initially was the worst thing. I think a lot of football fans don't like change. Because it's tradition, right? It's integrity. It's establishment. It's, it's about what you know, right? And what's been there for ages. So, I think when you yeah when you look at the Super League, it's when you. I don't know. I don't know how to put this into into proper words without being maybe not taken out of context. But when you look at the Super League from a almost superficial perspective, I can fully understand and I somewhat agree with the sentiment of it's rubbish. Get rid of it. Why is it here again? Right. But when you look at it from a perspective of this is competing against UEFA and this is competing against an organization that has been that has slowly started killing football almost death by a cat, by a thousand cut style it, it's a 50-50 no, I wouldn't say 50-50 cuz both both options are shit in my books right but but I think I think the 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 
the the concept of the Super League, I think this is where a lot of people get really angry, and I fully understand this, is that the reason why owners want the Super League is so they can make more money out of your football club. And that in itself is a shit way of going about business, a shit way of going about owning a football club. And that in itself will and has driven a lot of fans off the idea of a Super League. And I fully understand that. I fully understand it. I get it. I fully agree, in fact. But when you look at UEFA and you look at how they've treated football fans in the past, they're not exactly they're not exactly like the the knight in shining armor here as well. So it's not as if it's a good guy versus a bad guy. It's a bad guy versus a bad guy, and it's who gives a shit at this point, right? To me, obviously, I'm against the Super League, but that's because I hate change, and I think despite UEFA being still very evil in the grand, in the scheme in the scheme of football i think it is a better alternative to the super league however i don't think i i don't think this version of the super league is as bad as what a lot of people are making it out to be and definitely to what it was in 2021 when they first implemented it or they first proposed it that to me is my opinions on it I don't know how anyone else feels. Let me know your thoughts below. And let me know your thoughts in the comments on how you feel about this new Super League. But, but like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing, right? Because, yeah, so multiple divisions, no permanent members, minimum of 14 games per club. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's def. It's definitely not as bad as how, like, from the from the rationale of this is implemented to get more money out of our clubs, that I understand. From the rationale of it being a better alternative to the Champions League and better alternative to to UEFA in particular, then I can kind of see that. I think the Champions League is a better format um, than the Super League. I also think the Super League will. Only, um, I think the Super League will will only um, how do how do I call this? Will only aid, not aid, but will only amplify the fact that we're gonna drive players into the ground. That's how I was looking at it. Yeah, it's only gonna amplify the fact that we're gonna drive players into the ground and kill them um, by the time they're twenty five. So, yeah, obviously it will be more games. It will be more games um, by yeah. It will be more games. Four clubs, I'm pretty sure what it said minimum 14 per season. Is that what it said? Um, yeah, minimum 14 games per club per season. In the current format, you play what six, you play six, and then you play four times two, eight, you play 16. Yeah, no, yeah, no, <laughs> you play 14, do you? You play six games in the group stage, six in the group stage, then you play one, two. In the round 16, 3, 4 in the quarters. Yeah, you play 14. All right, so you, so you, play, you play more games in the Super League. I can't do maths. Um, <laughs> yeah, you play more games in the Super League. Probably, right? If you go far, especially. Which, as I've voiced quite a lot of times on this podcast, I don't like the fact that we're going to drive players into the ground. But anyway, I think that's enough on the Super League chat. Um, yeah, a couple of different perspectives to look at it from. Business perspective... Of course, owners are going to want to do this because it makes the most money out of the out of the clubs that they own. So you can't really be surprised. Um, and then, but from a fan perspective, it's shit. And from a business, from a football owner perspective, it's the dumbest thing you can do because you're going to piss off fans, and you're going to piss off your key stakeholder. So yeah, there you go. Let's move on. Um, should we touch on to what should we touch on now? Um, should we touch on more financial or financial or like in that realm of, of football and and then finish with VAR? I think well, let's do that. Let's go. Let's go to Manchester City. Now, I think this news broke almost a week to the day, so I didn't actually get to cover it on last week's episode. Um, despite it being despite. Like, I recorded it, then the news came out, then I uploaded the podcast. So, there was that that gap of, like, three... or that gap of, like, 12 hours or so um, that that the new, that any news that broke in that 12-hour gap would be immediately outdated. Um, it's a little bit annoying, but I guess, yeah, it is what it is. But anyway, let's, let's go to Manchester City. Um, 
They, of course, have been charged by the Premier League um, with countless and countless and countless countless of um, financial indiscretions, financial doping, however you want to call it. Um, I'm not going to go through all the charges because I can't be bothered. But um, basically, cut a long story short, they've for the most part, they've been charged with... Um, um, inflating um, as inflating the amount of revenue they have been they have brought in by their sponsors um, as well as some underhand payments to coaches and etc etc um, but that's the main thing I think that a lot of people caught on to um, yeah and it's quite concerning when like all their sponsors are like a visit Abu Dhabi Abu Dhabi Airways like like all this stuff right or all, all the stuff that is to do with the owners so it's like hmm, that's that's quite convenient um, but yeah, there's a couple of different angles where you can touch on this. So firstly, what should happen to Manchester City? Um, firstly, should they be found guilty? Um, and this, this by, I think, I think this means that this will, I think this, sorry, I think this case will take about two or two to three to four years to actually be resolved. Um, so you know that City are going to go to every means necessary to get themselves off. They can't go to the court for arbitration of sport in Switzerland, which is how they got off their UEFA um, charge, what was it, two years ago, two, three years ago. Um, so they can't go to CAS. They can't, um, there is no statute of limitations, which is also how they got off for the UEFA charge a couple of years ago. The statute of limitations had passed by the time the case was brought to court um, based on the charges were passed statute. Um, there's no such limitations for the Premier League, so they can go back as far as they want. Um, and, yeah, so City are in a very tricky scenario. We, can, we, we know that City are going to put everything they can into proving themselves innocent. Um, so I'm pretty sure this case will be going on for a long, long, long time. So I don't think we're going to be getting a resolution anytime soon. However, what should happen to Manchester City if they're found guilty? Well, they have... If they're found guilty... Let's just assume that they're found guilty on all charges, right? Because I think that's the only way we can kind of assume without getting into too legal, without getting too in the legal world and with some technicalities. Um, if they are found guilty of all charges, what what do you first? Yeah, I'm gonna put this to the audience. What does everyone think? Let me know in the comments below, or um, yeah, if you're listening on Spotify, tweet at me. Um, I just um, I, I just realised I'd say let me know in the comments below and then I realised people listen on Spotify or, in, or on audio platforms so um, yeah tweet at me what you think um, what, what, what do you think should happen to Manchester City if they found guilty on all charges to me to me I think a couple of things could and potentially should happen I think obviously a heavy fine a heavy fine. I'm not talking... I'm talking hundreds of millions of dollars fine, potentially. I'm talking a fine that it will genuinely hurt Manchester City. I'm not talking a $25 million fine or some bullshit like that. Right? Uh, I think stripping of the titles could be an avenue you can go down. I'm not necessarily a fan of awarding titles retrospectively. I don't like that. I think you could strip them and have the leagues almost like a null and void, and then potentially point point deduction or relegation. Now, let's let's go through let's go through all three options. To me, at least, that would make sense. Let's go through all of them and like let's dissect them in just a yeah in just a second as I take a break because I can feel my throat going. So I'll be two seconds. I just realised I can, I can just like have it, I could just pause the recording and then like start it straight away and you probably wouldn't notice and I've done that a couple of times but um yeah anyway. I'm back. Um, so yeah, the three options: points, uh, fine, uh, stripping titles, points deduction, such relegation. Let's look at the fine. Obviously, City have been fined in the past for various indiscretions, but for relating to FFP. But it, 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 if you're gonna find them, it needs to be like hundreds of millions of dollars, like or pounds. Like it needs to be a, a an extreme amount of money to actually make an actual difference, and to actually hurt them, and to actually be a proper pu punishment. Because if they like, if they fine Manchester City a hundred and fifty or like two hundred million pounds, that could hurt them. Like genuinely, like maybe even more five hundred million pounds. Like that could hurt them. Like genuinely hurt 
their business operations, right? Because we've seen they can splash a hundred mil on, on a player, right? So that's so maybe not a hundred mil because it would just be like, oh, we're just signing a player, in a sense. But if you're going to find them, it needs to be a significant amount of money, like a an absurd amount of money. And regardless, I don't even think that will be a lot. That will be sat. That will be satisfying in a sense to a lot of football fans. I think a lot of football fans do want to see them tangibly punished in a sense, rather than just a fine that no one will, they'll be like, yeah, we play the fine and then everything will just be normal, right? So I don't think a fine, regardless of the amount, unless it's like four billion dollars, um, will be will be adequate in a sense. What potentially a stripping of titles does is not a lot either, in my opinion. Not a lot either, and I'll tell you why. Because, firstly, I don't think, regardless, I don't think they should award retrospective titles to anyone. So, I don't think that they should award the title to Liverpool in that 13-14 season or award the title to United for the Aguero season. Like, I I don't think that should happen because I think that's... If that happened to Chelsea, like, if Chelsea were awarded a title in that manner, I would be like, I don't want this. Like, I don't want your hand-me-downs. Um... But even if they did strip the title off 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 them and just made it vacant, like how they did, I think they did it with Juventus when they got when they were caught fixing games. I think they just almost null voided, not null voided the season, but just had like no one won the title. I think, or how Eredivisie did with COVID. I'm pretty sure, just have no one win the no one won the league. You can say, yeah, you can say that right, but Manchester City fans are going to be like, yeah, right. I was still at the Etihad when Sergio Aguero scored that goal. And I was still at St. Mary's when Gabriel Jesus chipped the goalkeeper and we got 100 points. I was still at um, at the Etihad when was it Ikar Gundogan tiptoed behind the defence at the back post and scored against Aston Villa to win to win the game, right? Although that title wouldn't, wouldn't have been stripped. But you know what I mean in terms of they still have those moments. They still have those memories, right? Like... It's not like it's not like oh you stripped the title off you stripped the you stripped the twenty twelve thirteen title off or was it eleven twelve title off Manchester City oh that Aguero moment what Aguero moment I don't know what you're talking about QPR won that game two one like that's not how it works like they've still got that moment right it's like I don't know relating it back to Chelsea like I always do you could you could be like oh yeah Chelsea Ch- Ch- Chelsea didn't win the twenty twenty one Champions League I'll be like. Yeah, right, we didn't, but I still I still remember Kaivitz rounding Edison and scoring a goal. Like I still I've still got that memory, right? I still remember being in my living room, going absolutely mental at three thirty in the morning or whatever it was. Or like Chelsea didn't win the twenty twelve Champions League. Yeah, great, but I still remember like Didier Drogba scoring the goal and scoring the penalty. Like it doesn't matter. Like Football fans don't want the trophies. This is what this is what a lot of people don't understand. Football fans don't want trophies, they want memories. Right? They want memories. So, you can say, oh yeah, City's trophy didn't count, but they've still got that memory. So, what does stripping of a trophy actually do? Like, realistically, what does it actually do? With all due respect to City, it's not like they're United or Liverpool where they're contending to be like the most successful club in the country, right? With all due respect, of course. So, what does it actually do? Like, what does it actually do? And I wouldn't want it being retrospectively awarded to any club. I think that's far- I think that's a... That's a phony and a fake trophy, in my opinion. But so you have that. So you have that. So you have the fine stripping of titles, and then of course points deduction slash relegation. <sighs> okay, let's just assume it's going to be three years from now. It's going to be three years from now. Um, three years from now till Manchester City. Uh, the case is resolved. I should say. Let's just assume they go with this option, points deduction slash relegation. We're going to assume that Manchester City are going to be up there. They're going to be second, third, with like, at this stage, something like 60 points or whatever, right? They're going to be up there, right? They would have lost one game all year or some bullshit like that, right? City are going to be up there. So unless you're going to deduct Manchester City at 100 points, is it going to matter to them? Like, is it going to matter? Because let's just say, like with the Juventus points deduction, right? Oh, they got deducted 15 points. Oh, well, we'll just finish 7th this season 
and we'll we've still got the brand name of Juventus, so we'll still sign some good players. Next season will be like a little bit of a reset season. If we get into the top four, great. We'll get the Champions League football, and the season after we'll just kick on like nothing happened. It'll be the same with Man City. It'll be the same with Manchester City. It'll be like if they've got like like I don't know how many points do they have now, right? Let's just say the, the 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 case gets done at this stage in three years' time. City have got forty eight points, right? Let's just say City in three years' time have got fifty have got fifty points, right? Let's just say City in three years' time have got fifty points. If you deduct them thirty points, they'll be on twenty points and they'll still be sixteenth. So they're not going to get relegated. They might end up finishing. They'll finish like eighth or seventh or like ninth. It'll be like, oh well, next season we still got Man City, we still got infinite amount of money. We'll just be we'll be right. Like we'll just have one season out of the Champions League, we'll finish second the year after, we'll win the league the next year, and we'll be fine. Or we'll win the FA Cup and get into the Europa League, so it doesn't matter. Like, do you know what I mean? Like point deduction, unless you're deducting them 50, 60, 70 points, it doesn't mean shit. It does not mean shit. Because it's not like you're deducting points off wolves. Where if you deduct twenty points off Wolves, that that's pretty much guaranteeing them going down. Or deducting twenty points off Leeds, where if you deduct twenty points, that's basically guaranteeing them going down. You're deducting points off arguably the most dominant team over the past decade in the Premier League. So you're gonna to need to deduct them about sixty points for it to make any difference. But even still, if you deduct them sixty points, they'll probably still finish the finish the league, finish the finish the season with like thirty points. And they'll probably still stay up, right? So it's like, so it's like, you can't deduct on points. To me, the only fair, the only fair punishment is a relegation. To me, because that will, that will damper significantly. That will be a proper punishment. Whether it's a relegation to the championship, whether it's an expulsion from the football league. I think that would be a little... I mean, I wouldn't say it'd be extreme, but... I mean, if they get expelled from the Football League, right? I don't know how that's going to pan out. But the only fair... The only fair... Like, yeah, like I said, the only fair, true... Like, true punishment for Manchester City if they're proven to be guilty is a relegation. Because if you find them, unless you find them £4 billion, it's not going to make a difference. If you strip them of the titles, who really cares? Because they've still got that memory of Aguero scoring that goal. And they've still got all these memories of all the trophies that they won at the time. So it doesn't really matter. They've still got the memories. And if you give them points deduction, like I said, unless you're going to points deduction, give them a 60-point deduction... They're still going to finish 10th, and it's not going to matter. Like, they're still going to finish mid-table, and it won't matter. You're not going to relegate them with a point deduction. The only way you genuinely have a proper impact on their club and as a proper punishment is if you physically take them out of the top division, whether it's to the championship or out of the football league. That is the only true punishment for Manchester City for me. Because what that does is, let's just say it's out. Let's just say they, they go to the conference, right? They're out of the football league. They would have to do a complete squad overhaul, right? Complete squad overhaul. None of the players would stay. None of the players would stay. And it would be a, because it's not like you're going to the championship. I think if they get relegated to the championship, I can, I can see a lot of the players staying. I can see a lot of the players staying, most of them anyway. But it's not like you're going to be... It's not like you're going to go to the champ to the championship. You're probably going to be... Like, it's not like you're playing one division below if you're going to the conference league. You're playing four divisions below. Everyone's going to leave. You're going to have to have a total reset of everything. Your your stadium is going to be even more empty than it already is. That's a slight jab, I know. But, you, you, like, the finances are going to be dreadful. Like, the, the finances are going to be absolutely woeful. You're, no TV revenue, no sponsorship revenue. The finances are going to tank in terms of the revenue. Man, you can't spend that much money. Well, I say finances. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's quite ironic that I speak about that I speak about sponsorships and that when that's what they got done for. But you know what I mean. And it will be a total, total reset of the football club. Total reset of the football club. So to me, that's the only punishment. That is the only punishment to me that fits a proper relegation. Whether or not they actually go through on that, who knows? They'll probably end up being found not guilty because. Who's got more money? The entire state of fucking... the 
what even are they? Abu Dhabi? Is that is that the that who own them? An entire state, like a state, or a or an organization? Who's got more money? I wonder. Who can afford better lawyers? I can tell you that for free because City have done it countless times. So um, yeah, I guess it's. I guess we're just gonna have to wait and see. I guess we're just gonna have to wait and see. Um, now I want to speak on. I want to speak on Pep. Because. He, of course, I think it was after. I think it was after the um the. It might have been after after the after the um. What was it? UEFA debacle, um. That if if, he said something along the lines of if if the club has lied to me about finances, I will leave the day after the news comes out. Um, spoiler alert! It's been a week since the news came out, and it's been a week. And the last time I checked. He was he's still there. So um, he's not really a man of his word, is he? Um, but I guess I think his his excuse was they got proven innocent before, so I better give them the benefit of the doubt. Like of course you, of course you will, Pep. Of course you will. Um, yeah. So it's quite it's quite funny how that's happened. If they, to, I, I, like like I said, this case will take like years to be resolved. So I don't think Pep will even be there. Um, I don't think Pep will even be there. Um, will even be there just generally, but while the case is being heard and while the the verdict has been dished out and the punishment has been dished out, I think he would have left. Just like he would have left um, before then. Um, so I guess we're gonna have to wait and see, right? What happens with him? I don't think he's gonna leave. If he if he was gonna leave, he would have left. If he was going to leave, he would have left. There is no chance he's going to leave now, I don't think. Um, yeah, there's no chance he's going to leave now because, like, if he, if he was going to leave, he would have left straight away. So there's no chance he's going to be waiting this long to leave. Um, yeah, unless... Although I do think if he if he has... If he, if he has stayed when the verdict has been announced and when the punishment has been dished out, then he will leave. I reckon. I reckon it's almost a guarantee that he'll leave. Um, there's no way Pep Guardiola is coaching in the conference. Um, not a chance. So um, yeah, that's quite. That's quite funny. That um, he's gone on a tirade as well. Just the thing about oh, it's it's, it's apparently it's Manchester City's fault that Steven Gerrard slipped against Chelsea, which is um, yeah, he's he's very very grumpy, isn't he? He's very he's a very grumpy man. Um, I spoke about it with Klopp last week. Just things aren't going his way, and he's being a little bit. Being a little bit grumpy, being a little bit angry, um, which is quite funny. It's, it's funny as a as a neutral who doesn't really care for Manchester City, with all due respect, of course. Um, yeah, it's funny. I just quite I find it quite funny. Anyway, let's yeah, let's finish it. That that that's that's all I should speak on Manchester City. Um, that's all there is to speak about. I think. Um, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on to let's move on to VAR. Let's move on to VAR. Like I said, they're going to be more conceptual topics or like actual news topics. But VAR is an absolute absolute shambles. Like basically, over the over the over the weekend, there was maybe four or five calls, absolutely horrific calls by VAR, and the two main ones. Obviously, those other ones, but the two main ones was of course. Um, Thomas Suchek is is a world class goalkeeper. Like he, he should be starting for the, for the Czech Republic in goal. I think, um, like the the yeah, like he's a freak. Like that was an unbelievable save. Um, and then of course, um, the Ivan Tony goal for for Brentford was incorrectly ruled a goal because the VAR official forgot to do his job. Forgot to do his job. What world are we living in? I like. I know this is such a boring topic, but VAR is so so broken. It is so broken, and it has over its four or five years it's been in the in the sport. It has negatively impacted the league, and sorry, it has negatively impacted the sport to no end. I think football is a worse product with VAR as a thing. It is a worse product. It is not good for the game. It creates so many inconsistencies. It creates so many areas of doubt and such so many grey areas. And it just adds to the it adds to the human error 
or the potential human error that could be had with refereeing decisions. Because you're not getting a computer to make the decision for you. You're getting a human to look at a computer to make the decision. Like, you're just adding another human in for no reason. Like, first call, referee gets it wrong, who cares? Because it's human error, humans make mistakes. But you can't, So you can slightly forgive that. You can't forgive a mistake made by an official after they've spent five minutes looking at a screen and looking at it from 65 different angles in minus 2.5 speed and of looking looking at it from so many so many different angles so many different avenues in which they can try and reach for a decision that's where people get frustrated people get frustrated like it's so blatantly obvious people get frustrated at VAR because it's human error it is adding more human error to the game because you're not getting a machine. Like I said, you're not getting a machine to make the decision. You're getting a human to look at a screen who then makes a decision. So you can, so when a referee makes a poor mistake, you can kind of forgive it because it's, hey, he's had one look at the ball. He's had one look at the incident. He potentially could have been blocked, potentially had a bad angle. Humans make mistakes. That's fair enough. You can eventually get over it. But when a person who's looked at a screen for five minutes, who's looked at it from so many different angles, makes the same mistake, that is unforgivable. Absolutely unforgivable. And it makes the sport a far worse product. A far, far worse product. It stops the momentum of games. It makes it so much slower. It puts so much doubt into refereeing decisions. It's made the referees worse. The standard of refereeing has gotten a lot worse. And it just adds... It just... It just doesn't fit. It it does not fit in the fabric of football. It doesn't. It does not fit in the fabric of football. It just doesn't work, in my opinion. It just like it just does not work in football. It does not work. I mean, we saw. So with the Ivan Tony goal, if the referee or the VAR official remembered to do his job, which I think should be. Almost, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, please. But when I get hired for a job, right, if I get hired for a job, just correct me if I'm wrong, please. If I get hired for a job, I think arguably, I would go as far as to say top three. Top three things on the job description would be, you know, don't assault your, don't assault, don't assault your colleagues, you know, don't steal. And then maybe the third one down is do your job, right? That, to me at least, would probably be on it would be on the job description, right? So how can a, how can you forget to do your job? That could cost Arsenal the league. That could cost Arsenal the league, genuinely. That could cost Arsenal the league. And we've seen before, refereeing incidents cost teams games which subsequently could potentially cost them a league. But that is a human error. That is a true human error. And that is a human error when the person, when the referees had one look at it from a from one angle with no replays, going at full speed, you can forgive that because people make mistakes. You can forgive that. That's fine. But when a person has been looking at a screen for five minutes, like I said, you can't forgive that. You can't forgive that. That is objectively wrong and objectively a shit decision and objectively you're bad at your job. And even the Suchek one against Chelsea. I mean, I was I was at a, I was at, I was at a West Ham pub, right? I was at the West Ham pub in Melbourne, right? In Melbourne, Australia. There you go. Just doxing my, not doxing my. I think that's well known. But anyway, um, I was at I was at a pub with uh, so many West Ham fans. When when they saw when they saw the replay, you heard a collective, oh for fuck's sake! Everyone knew it was a penalty. Everyone and their dog knew it was a penalty. And so, so first at first it was, at first it was, it hit his knee. It hit Suchek's knee, where it didn't. Like, it, like there was this far gap between his arm and his knee, so it wasn't. Or the ball and, the, and his knee, so it wasn't that. And then it was, oh, his hand was protecting his fall. What? What? Protecting his fall? What? That makes no sense. So, if I'm on the goal line and I, and I trip over and handball it, and I stop a goal going in, is that is that fine? Is that fine? Like like I don't know. Luis Suarez, 2010 quarterfinal against Ghana. He was Suarez was falling over. He put his arms out to to like stop the momentum. That's what he was doing. That's what he was doing. 
Like, like, fuck, man. Like, how stupid... Like, they... I don't know if it's a VAR pro- problem or, the, or it's a rule problem, but regardless, it's stupid. He's stupid. And it's... And... Like... Like, like the referee missed it on first glance. Okay, fine, fair enough. It did look like it hit his body, right? On first glance. So I don't, I don't mind the referee missing it from that perspective. But you're looking at it from four replays... Four different angles at time at minus two point five speed, you can see night and day that it hits his hand. Night and day that it hits his hand, and you and you're still not giving it. Give me like give fuck, give me a break, mate. Like fuck me. Anyway, that's gonna get me even more angry than I already am. So let's move on asap, asap Rocky. Let's move on. Let's move on to the A League, and pretty. Uh, I would has I would. Go as far as say a pretty boring um, weekend of A League football if I if I say so myself. Um, not a lot happened except for the Sydney derby, which we'll touch on. Um, yeah, not not a lot happened. Yeah, Adelaide United's comeback was pretty good. Um, Iran Kunda is a is a freak. Um, I just the thought of like. <laughs> Like the thought of Nestori Irakunda and Garan Kual in the 2026 World Cup running at the fences on either wing, it just fills me with so much excitement. Like they are two of the most, they're, the, they're two players that have got me most excited about the future of the Socceroos in a long, long time. When you couple that with the performances of Riley McGray, Conor Metcalf in particular, it, there's just this bubbling feeling, isn't there? There's this feeling of like, Oh shit! Like we've actually got like a great team, like a really, really good team for four years time, like, yeah. He, them two in particular, like them two in particular, Qual and Irakunda, so much pace, so much flair, so much skill. Both have fantastic eyes for goal, running at either running at either fullback in the twenty twenty six World Cup wearing the green and gold. It just fills me with so much excitement. Like that could be one of the most exciting Socceroos teams ever. Like, with them two on either wing, with McGregor's killing it for Middlesbrough, Metcalf has hit, a, has hit a little bit of patch of form as well, likes of Devlin as well sitting, Moy potentially if he's still running around, Hrustich as well. That front, that front like, quartet of players in 2026 is going to be so, so good. I mean, and you've got, you've got your left back for the decade in Geordie Boss as well, who's a freak, so... Who knows, man? It's gonna be so exciting because Irakunda was was very crucial in um in Adelaide's <clears throat> in Adelaide's come from behind, come from behind victory, came off the bench, got an assist, and was was involved in I think the third goal as well, or maybe the second goal. So, um, yeah, very oh yeah, I think it was anyway. So um yeah, there you go. That's just something that I wanted to mention. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the A-League. Well, let's move on to the A-League. We are speaking about the A-League. Let's move on to Sydney Derby. Um, of course, it was a one-nil win to Sydney. Fantastic strike from Max Burgess, um, who cap him, like Arnie cap him. Like, there's a couple of players who need caps, big time. Um, Boss needs a cap. Burgess needs a cap. Neuenhoff needs a cap. Um, Irakunda needs a cap. A lot of players need, need some game time and... I would love to see in the warm-ups to the Asian Cup these players be given the minutes they deserve because they've been killing it. Um, I wouldn't say definitely... I wouldn't say that like, these players are going to the Asian Cup by any means, right? But, like... I wouldn't say these players are going to the Asian Cup by any means. But, give like, reward players... Like, reward the form of players. Like, Burgess has got, what, scored two and an assist in his last three. He's been playing pretty well for Sydney. Neuenhoff has been killing it for, for Western Sydney as well this season. Um... Just cap, give him, a, give him a friendly, give him a friendly to just try to just see what they can do, you know. Um, but what I want to speak about was was like the atmos and the and the was the atmos and the 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 scenes at the Sydney derby. Like that was exactly what a lot of people have been talking about when you say that is the advertisement for the league. That derby right there, especially off the pitch, was the perfect advertisement for the prem, for the A League. Like, 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 I've, how do I say, I've said this countless times, the active support is treading a very fine line. Like, active support in this country treads a very fine line between being partisan, passionate, exuberant, loud, 
fans that bring people to games and dickheads who cause trouble and cause more problems for the league. On And the derby on Saturday night, they treaded that line to absolute perfection, in my opinion. Like, yeah, there was a pitch invasion after the goal, but that, to me, that's fine. Like, it's, if you're even going to dare to compare that to the Melbourne derby pitch invasion, you're, you're off your head, right? That was just a fans passionate that the team has scored a goal in the derby to take the lead, and just the emotions have overcome them. They've come onto the pitch. They've they've followed the followed the rules. They went back on the they went back in the in the stands afterwards, and to see the tifos, the noise, the exuberance from the stands, adds so much to what was, despite it only being a one 0 result. This was a pretty good game of football with some great young players, some experienced heads who show their class. Yeah, a brilliant, brilliant advertisement for the league. For ninety nine percent of it, it was a great advertisement for the league, and that it's exactly what so many people have been talking about when it comes to this is what the A League is. This is what the A League at its best is. Not what we, not what we've seen countless times before this season. This is what the A League is at its best. This game, if you could bottle it up and just and share it around to all the other clubs in the league, this is what we want because that was, that was good. That was very, very, very good for for the most part, anyway. So yeah, um, it leaves it leaves both clubs in a very tricky situation, or it, leave, it leaves both clubs, of course, one with Sydney, leaves both clubs um, on on um, twenty four and twenty three points. Western Sydney uh, slightly ahead of Sydney um, with six wins, six draws, and four losses. Sydney, despite losing seven times this season, having a pretty poor start or a pretty poor middle of the season, anyway. Um, they find themselves fifth, and they find themselves in the top six, um, with City, of course, running away with it, as per, as we spoke about last week. All right, let's move on. Let's finish things up, actually. I'm not going to do a who went, who went into footed, because I couldn't find one, so we'll just move straight into the preview of the week. Um, yeah, like I said, obviously, Merseyside Derby will be very interesting to see how it how it unfolds. Um, Liverpool and Everton, of course, um Liverpool and Everton, of course, two clubs desperate for a win. You, everyone knows the result of this. I'll be surprised. I'll be shocked if Everton don't get a result. Put it that way. Um, and then some Champions League. So let's go back on the prediction train. Let's prediction Champions League. All right, AC Milan versus Tottenham. Battle of battle of the people. Battle of the teams who can't win games of football. Um, or, or battle of the teams who are horrendously underperforming. Um, who are horrendously underperforming for the most part. Milan have had a shocking 2023. Like, they beat Torino um, over the weekend, but their last win before that was against Salentinata. That's butchered that, but in, in January. So they've won two games all calendar year, which is um shocking. So I'm going to go Milan 1-0. Go AC Milan 1-0. We'll do that. PSG versus Bayern. I think some crucial outs as well. I think I think for either side, yeah. So, um, yeah. So Mane out, Mane out, um, Messi out, and Mbappe as well. Doubtful. Um, so I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with one all, one all in Paris. Chelsea Dortmund Club Bruges Benfica. Do I back Chelsea in? Um, it's a cup competition, so I'll go Chelsea one nil. Away from home, Club Bruges versus Benfica. That's of course a, that's a, that's a really really competitive game, really competitive game. Club Bruges horrendously underperforming in the league, um, this season. Currently sit fourth, I think. Um, whereas whereas Benfica are of course topping, quite comfortably the the table. In 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 Portugal, I'm gonna go. It's in Belgium. It's in Bruges, so I'm gonna go with. Two, mm, no, I think Benfica will win. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one nil Benfica. Arsenal versus Man City. That's a big game, huge game. Um, I was gonna do. I was gonna do a preview of it, but I got over. I got overwhelmed by all the other talking points. Um, I think Arsenal are gonna win. If if Arsenal win this game, they win the league. Put it that way. If Arsenal win this game, they win the league. If City win it, oh, it's on level. It's on equal points. It's on equal points if, if City win it, which is going to be tasty. Um, I think Arsenal will win it, though. At home, I think it'll be too strong. And then, um, should we do some... Yeah, let, let's yeah let's do some, some Europa League. Ajax versus Union. Um, Union are second in the Bundesliga. So, who would have thought? Um, 
I'm going to go Union to win. Yeah, let's go Union to win to... Oh, it's in Amsterdam. Um, it's in Amsterdam. We'll go Union to win um, 2-0. Yeah, we'll go, we'll, go, we'll go Union to win 2-0. Um, they're second in the Bundesliga. Who would have thought it? Barcelona versus Manchester United. Um, how funny this is in the Europa League. Um, I'm going to go with 2-0. Two, 2-1 two Barcelona. Um, Salzburg, Roma. We'll go 1-0 Roma. Shakhtar versus um, Ren. We'll go 1-0 Ren. We'll go 1-0 Ren away from home. I know they've been... Um, they've been they're on a little bit of a loss streak, I know. Um, but I reckon we'll go 1-0 Ren. Leverkusen versus Dortmund versus Monaco. We'll go 1-0 Leverkusen. Juventus versus Nantes. We'll go 2 all in that game. Sevilla versus PSV. 2-1 Sevilla. Sporting versus Michelin. 2-0 Sporting. Um, and then a Melbourne Derby on the weekend. Which is gonna be which is gonna be very interesting. Very interesting Melbourne Derby. If Victory can keep it under five, it will be good for them. Alright, thank you very much for watching another episode of the Two Foot Attack Podcast. I appreciate you all sticking around to um, the hour and six minute mark. Yeah, make sure you leave your thoughts and comments below. Subscribe to the Two Foot Attack Podcast, all the socials, do all the good stuff, share it around, five-star reviews or five-star ratings on Spotify and all that good stuff. Yes, speak to you guys next week. See you soon. Goodbye.